All right. Welcome back to another episode of Deserts to Mountaintops. Um, I am your host, Jess Buchanan. I am the founder of Soul Speak Press. Um, we are a non-traditional publishing boutique publishing company that serves and supports women who've been through something. Now they know something and now they want to teach us something. And today I am here with Brie Kane, who is a contributing author to Deserts to Mountaintops, Choosing Our Healing Through Radical Self-Acceptance. Her chapter is entitled Coming Home, and I am so excited to have her here to share a little bit of her, uh, what she wrote about in her Deserts to Mountaintop experience. Brie, welcome. Thank you, Jess. So, so excited to be here. (laughs) So why don't you start us off um, with your desert moment? I mean, realizing that there are lots of desert moments in our journey, but the one in particular that you feel like sharing that you wrote about. Yeah, yeah. So um, my desert was a long desert, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) 10 years Uh, plus in the desert. And I was struggling with just a multitude of symptoms. Um, I was having migraines, half my body would go numb. I was having cysts that would just litter my body and scar and tear open. And I kept, I was taught from a young age to lean on the medical system. Mm -hmm. These people are here to save you. Um, and so I reached out for that lifeline over and over and over again. And then that lifeline turned on me and we couldn't really figure out. I mean, there were some flags in my blood work, uh, but the tests were all pretty inconclusive. Um, and so we decided um, that mental health medication was the avenue we were going to go down. And that is when my desert started. I think what I wish I would have known, um, I was 17 when I got put on my first SSRI. Mm-hmm. And we've done a lot of destigmatization around mental health, which is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, because I think there is there is a huge need. And as soon as I agreed to that, I lost my voice in that system. Mm. I uh, recently requested my medical records and went back through. um, And there was a sentence that would start out every appointment. uh, And it was morbidly obese woman presenting with anxiety. And that was the precipice of how my medical treatment was handled. Mm-hmm. Um, so the worse my symptoms got, the more frequent I would go in, the more it would be seen that I was abusing the system mm. uh, and the worse care that I would receive. Okay. So that desert was, was long throughout that desert. I gained 150 pounds mm-hmm. um, on the medications that they were putting me on. I was desperate to not be in the body that I was living in. Mm-hmm. I would do anything. I did every diet. I did research. I was trying to work out every single day. Um, and I just couldn't do it to the point where I identified myself and my body as the problem. Mm-hmm. And then I disassociated. I disconnected. I didn't want to be in this body anymore. 
Um, I didn't, I was embarrassed to go out, you know, with friends. And I started living in a future forward outlook um, where when I lose weight, I'll go back and do this thing in public. When I lose weight, I'll apply for that job that I was looking for, but I'm too embarrassed to interview in the body that I'm in. Um, And all of that came crashing down uh, about a year and a half ago when I was diagnosed with chronic Lyme disease. Mm. Um, And I had gone to, I mean, we're talking just so many doctors um, in the Salt Lake Valley. And I was recommended this uh, Eastern medicine doctor. She was kind of a a midway. Um, She had been to med school. She like worked at, you know, the university that's here. She had a lot of credentials um, and she was practicing Eastern medicine. Mm -hmm. And she was looking at, you know, what does a holistic evidence-based approach look like with healthcare? Um, And so I was intrigued. And I went in and I narrate in my chapter about my first appointment with her and what that was like. And it Mm. changed my life. Um, We sat down for an hour. I walked her through everything that I had been through. Um, I bawled my eyes out. Mm -hmm. I was like, this was my last straw. Um, Mm. This was the last appointment I would ever make. And if nothing was wrong, I would never, I would never go in again um, to a hospital. And so when I came back into her office and we sat down and she had my results, I, I felt relief. It was the weirdest thing. I went through so many emotions. I'm like, I knew it. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. There was something wrong. Yeah. I knew, not in my mind, but in my gut, uh, that that there was something outside of my control yeah. that was affecting what was going on and that we had been placing Band-Aids and numbing mm-hmm. and disassociating and not truly dealing with the real problem. Um, so by the time that I got into her office, I mean, my... Um, the Lyme disease had gotten to my heart, you know, and so uh, I'm already in the process of heart failure, adrenal failure. Um, My hormones tanked out um, after I had a baby and I started going through menopause Mm -hmm. uh, at 30. And so trying to reverse that um, has been incredibly hard. And I am so thankful that I didn't give up on myself like yeah i mean i have a a 3 year old daughter and i think i think i did it for her mm-hmm. before i did it for myself mm-hmm. and then she taught me that i deserve it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that i deserve to be here um mm-hmm. and that it's not about my willpower um, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But it is about my power, about my, mm-hmm. oh man, say that again. Right. It is about my power. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think I spent so long berating myself, yes. um, 
that the gaslighting began to be my own voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to get rid of, of that narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So through my chapter, um, I'm, I go to this breathwork class, which I had mm-hmm. no idea what breathwork was. I was raised like kind of conservative religious and everything yeah. was witchcraft. And so <laughs> <laughs> we've deconstructed that a little bit. Um, but I, you know, I just wanted, I think it makes a lot of sense that people who struggle with chronic illness end up, uh, in places where we do body work, where we do massage, Mm -hmm. right. Where we're working through the lymphatic system, where Mm -hmm. we're working through, um, where these traumas get stuck in our bodies and learning how to regulate a nervous system, right. Mm -hmm. We are not taught about nervous systems in our hospital settings, but we know a lot about the names of medication, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been a big shift for me. So I brought my family on this breathwork journey (laughs) and they all thought I was crazy. I (laughs) thought it was going to be like yoga, like Uh on the mat and close your eyes and just like in and out and breathe. And when we got there and Mm -hmm. she explained what it was, I was like, they did not put this in the description. <laughs> this was I, not in the brochure. <laughs> this was not in the brochure. I do not want to be here. I even tried to get out of it for a second. <laughs> I went up to the facilitator and I was like, hey, um, I have like a heart condition. I just got diagnosed with Lyme disease. Like, I don't know if this is safe for me. Uh, and she goes, that's totally fine. Like, this is your body. This is your experience. You have a choice. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. She, okay. Just, she knew exactly what was happening. <laughs> she put the ball back in my court. Yeah. And um, I had never, I had deteriorated my body. I had pushed my body to the limits for somebody else's standard, for somebody else's expectation. But I had never approached and listened to my body uh, and done what it was asking me to do. Mm -hmm. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think we resist that a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a meal and we're like, Oh, I'm so tired. And we laugh about it. Like Mm -hmm. take a nap. Mm -hmm. Your body is trying to tell you something, you know? Uh, So this breath work was really interesting. I, it completely shut my mind off Um, There was no more future forward looking Mm -hmm. and my body took control Mm -hmm. and my body was like, I'm going to show you (laughs) where we've been and where you are because Mm -hmm. you can't even see how far you've come, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. So just an incredible experience, I think, to confront the grief um, of getting a diagnosis yeah, and then confront my approach, um, and take ownership and accountability. Mm-hmm. And our breathwork facilitator said this phrase, which I have in my chapter. Um, and she said, no one in this life is going to save you, but you have the power to save yourself. Mm-hmm. And I, at first I thought, well, that's not right. Like, I mean, the medical system should have saved me and these people should have caught this. Mm -hmm. And 
a lot of my anger was in the, I asked for help. I was telling you how I felt and, and you failed me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also didn't understand what it looks like to listen to myself and my Mm -hmm. body, to Mm -hmm. advocate for it, to say, no, I'm, I'm actually not interested in adding another medication or, um, do you have a background in psychology? Could we talk about that instead? You know, are we Mm going to have layers if my mind is truly causing my body to physically deteriorate, then how, like the medication alone doesn't seem to, to be fully working. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the culmination of all of this, uh, there was just a lot of forgiveness mm-hmm. for myself. Yeah. And there's still a lot of forgiveness. I, I had this incredible mountaintop experience with this breath work and this mm-hmm. radical self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I still live in a body that's classified as morbidly obese in the medical system. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have a choice in how I love that body. Yeah. And it is constantly changing. Yeah. You know, and I'm so deserving of all the things in my life. Um, and I missed it by not being present. Yeah. And now that I am, uh, it's, it's a daily practice (laughs) to be like, okay, you need to come back here. You need to be here in this moment with these people, with Mm -hmm. yourself and not be wishing for something else, not be waiting for something else to happen in order for Mm -hmm. you to love yourself. Mm -hmm. And it starts or like something good to happen for you, you know, like the worthiness factor. Like I had that realization actually this week, I've been doing a lot of work again in a particular area of my life. Yeah. And I had this like aha moment where I realized that the way I view my body is directly correlated to how much goodness the universe actually will bring me, Mm. which is totally effed up. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay. All right. Well, this is interesting. Okay. Now I know what we're dealing with here. Yeah. So we can like get to the root of it and and we can fix this. And so I think that like being present is also like when we're cloaked in shame, we're afraid to show up in the present moment. We are. And then it becomes this like once you can identify it, there's no going back. Right. It is, you know, Pandora's box. You're yeah. like, I've now I can see it and I see yeah. it every time. Yeah. And it's slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, I mean, that's like the best advice I could ever give mm-hmm. in a moment of desperation is to observe yourself, your body, and your environment. Mm-hmm. And just observe because we notice a lot of things when we are not living in the chaos of our minds mm-hmm. and that anxiety. Um, 
And that's the breathwork practice was like, I mean, you sit there for two hours and you have a blindfold on and there's music playing and you're breathing in and out. And there's no, there's no one to talk to. Mm -hmm. There's no escape. Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. no escape. There's no escape. Yeah. Which I think is so appropriate given your story. Yeah. yeah. There's no escape, right? Like you've got to face it. You've got to, uh, no matter how much you disassociate, I mean, I guess you could disassociate for the rest of your life, but you know, you have bravely decided to stand up and courageously say, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. And I think that, you know, it's really encouraging to me, especially because you're young. You're what? 30? Yeah. 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 I mean, you're, you're a baby and you're already like become this enlightened and you're already modeling this for us. That gives me so much, um, just like inspiration for like the generations coming up behind me of women, you know, in terms, I mean, I'm, a lot older than that. And I'm just now like starting to, to accept some things, not fully, but I'm working on it. It's a daily practice. So, um, tell me a little bit about what the writing process has been like for you, you know, cause this is hard stuff to write about. It was brutally beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) It was brutal. (laughs) It was brutal. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of interesting because when, um, when I signed up for the anthology, I wasn't even sure if I was going to write about Lyme disease Mm -hmm. because I had a diagnosis, but it's, you know, not really, I did antibiotic treatment and then chronic Lyme wasn't recognized by the CDC until October 25th of this year. Yeah. And so I was literally diagnosed with a disease um, that doctors will not treat you for. Right. Because it's not recognized. Totally. And so for me, I was like, I can't, I can't write about that. I don't know enough about it. We don't know enough about it. And then as the anthology went on and I began to write things down, I realized that this was... (laughs) <laughs> the turning point for me. Mm-hmm. This is my story. Um, mm-hmm. And it is very much in progress. Mm-hmm. And I think if we don't start showing up in progress, people, we get the wrong perception yeah. about where people are at in life. Um, And it's not finished until it's finished, right? Mm-hmm. 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 So I think for me, showing up and writing down what I know and where I'm at and how it feels knowing that that's going to change. Yeah. uh, You know, was incredibly healing. Um, Well, I mean, were there moments where it was just like really hard? (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I ended up um, freaking out over my chapter and Mm -hmm. scrapping it. And writing a whole new one, which I never sent because you said, don't do that. And then I, (laughs) you'd be surprised how many writers do that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I believe it. You know, it was, um, it was just the most amount of therapy I could have ever done for myself. 
um, outside of a clinical office sitting down with somebody else. And it was exactly what I needed because I, I have had a decade of other people influencing me with their opinions um, and what I should and shouldn't do. And the therapy that I need right now is, is the time with myself Yeah. Um, to rediscover who I am, to figure out like mind and body, how are we going to do this together? And that's that coming home piece, right? Mm-hmm. My home isn't out there. It's in here. Yes, yes, yes. I love that so much. And oh right my goodness. out is just, yes. you know, um, it's cathartic. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly healing and very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I don't have a, a huge writing background. My mm-hmm. mom is an English major mm-hmm. and I'm a creative. I'm like a yeah. closet creative writer. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I know. Right. And I love doing spoken word, but um, my writing has been the most personal thing to me. Uh, which is really interesting. As an artist, I'll share my physical pieces of art uh, that I've hand done, you know, and I'm a graphic designer for for my job. Um, but writing, I mean, the inner workings of what's going on in here and inviting somebody into that. Um, I, I feel like it's allowed me... Um, to love myself even more and to be proud of, of just this piece. Yeah. Well, so it's a reclamation, right? It is. It is. Yeah. 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 And kind of introducing people to this journey mm-hmm. um, that I've been on and that I know I am not alone in. Yeah. No, you are not. I am right there with you, sister. Yeah. Right there. So how does it feel with the, by the time this comes out, the book will have come out, but at the time of our recording, we're still, we're still working through all the publishing, this is and that's. So um, what does it feel like with the impending publish date looming? How does that feel? Yeah, I'm nervous. Um, Mm -hmm. And I've never felt more aligned, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like jumping <laughs> off a cliff. It you is. Know, you gotta fall before you fly. Yeah, yeah, it is so true. And I think I think I would have struggled to do it alone. Um, and doing it in community with these other women, doing it with you, just this whole um everyone is willing to talk about real shit. And I, I needed to be in that space. Um, because there's nothing about what's going on right now that is surface level for me. Yeah. And in order to heal that, I have to feel it Mm -hmm. and I have to get to the other side of it Mm -hmm. in order to not carry it. And to walk that journey with other people in the context of radical self-acceptance, in the context of these bodies, you know, that, that we live in and will eventually die in. It's, it has been such an honor, just such an honor. 
Well, Brie, you're a beautiful writer. Uh, you're a beautiful spirit. Um, I have so enjoyed my time working with you and, and know that this is just the beginning of your writing journey. I can't wait to see uh, what comes out of this. And um, I just know it's nothing but warm embraces waiting for you as people read your chapter in this second volume of Deserts to Mountaintops. Um, thank you so much for trusting us with your story and for being so open and vulnerable and modeling um, the like what the healing journey really is all about. And for all of us, I am always inspired by you and I'm just, I adore you. So thanks. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you for just having the capacity to hold it. You know, I think to, to create a space where people can come to and and share their story and be human um, is incredibly rare uh, and very special. So I'm, I'm so happy I got to be a part of it and I'm so excited for what's to come. Who knows? Me too. I'm excited for today. Show me how, show me how good it can be. That was our mantra yes. for the last one. And I'm bringing it over. Show me how good it can be because it's going to be so, it is so good, but it's just going to keep getting better and better. Absolutely. So, thank you, Bree. Thank you so much, Jess. Mm-hmm.